Welcome! What's up, Narnomies? This is your host, Josh, of the MTV Narnomies podcast. And really excited to be here today. Oh, yeah. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, that was a big mess up. Oh, God. All right. Oh, man. Tried to be cool. Didn't realize (laughs) that my special guest um, decided to uh, shake those up before we got in the car. Um, So I guess I should get right into it. That was uh, a couple brewskis being popped post-ride in my car, which is now going to smell like a brewery uh, on the way home. Uh, We are not driving currently. We are parked. Um, So... Anyway, yeah, the Naranomi's podcast, we're here to talk, and I got a special guest I'll introduce in a second, but uh, it's been, a, it's been a, a good week, got out to uh, Chicopee today, had some nice weather before some more rain sets in, and uh, called up a buddy, uh, and we went for a ride, uh, and he's willing to get on the podcast um, so I'd like to introduce my special guest, Trent, also known as Shreddy Ballard. Welcome, my friend. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah. Yeah. This is exciting. This was a, a true act trying to get Trent on the podcast. I think he put it <laughs> off for a while. He's, he's not like a super social, like crazy, like outgoing kind of personality that would probably be on a podcast, but I'm super excited to have him here. And, uh, He's already one of the best guests I've had on, um, purely because uh, we went for a bike ride, had a good bike ride at Chicopee. If those are familiar, it's uh, north of Atlanta, um, some good trails. And then he had the great idea of going to Sonic, which I haven't been to a Sonic in like probably 20 years, neither has he. And uh, that was quite an experience and um, got a lot of unhealthy food. I got to say, I'm starting to not feel so good right now after all I ate. Um, but then on top of all that, we're in my car at the Sonic uh, driving area and we're doing this podcast and he brings some beers. So that was a nice uh, gesture you had, Trent, aside from the fact that there were uh, explosions. That's all right. Cheers. Cheers, my friend. This will be a good time. So Trent is a very special guest because... Uh, when I started to get back into mountain biking, I met up with him uh, through some co-working friends, and um, we both uh, hit it off because we both had flexible jobs in IT and could ride a lot um, during the week, and um, really was good to have a, a riding partner. Trent is probably the best uh, rider out of our group, I would say, and he's the one that pushes me the most. I have to say, by the way, dude, that today's ride, I started thinking about it, and I was like, I don't know if it's the fact that Trent pushes me the most or the fact that he's on my ass all the time, so if I fall, he's going to kill me. You're getting and run over. That's you're getting run over. That's part of the motivation for me to, like, speed up a lot faster so you're not, like, literally about to hit my tire. Um, but anyway, yeah, so he's been a true inspiration. He's a shredder. Um a lot younger, you know, not married, no kids. It's got that healthy, you know, young, svelte body of a guy in his, what are you, mid-20s? Uh, 28. In a 28. A couple, couple months, yep. Getting up there. Getting up there. And uh, so, yeah, so let's start, and, um, you know, we're going to freewheel this one. Uh, tell us about yourself. Tell us where you're from. I mean, obviously, you don't have to give a too too much personal information away but tell us how you got into mountain biking all that good stuff uh yeah i live in atlanta georgia like the buckhead area i started mountain biking when i was pretty young uh really all to my dad who got me into it when i was about gosh eight or nine years old rode a bunch with him growing up through like late late elementary school through middle school got into high school got a car Kind of started uh, veering off the bike and hanging out with friends more, doing more debaucherous things than riding bikes in the woods. And uh, really stepped away from biking until I was in my early to mid 20s out of college. Um, got a job out of school, went to UGA, 
been out of school for like a year and realized, you know, I need a a healthy hobby that's not not drinking, not going out with friends and wasting money. And, and so I kind of thinking about it. And I was like, hey, I used to love mountain biking. Why not give it a try? So I pulled out my my old Cannondale from back in 2008, old school hardtail there, and rode that for about a year. And was like, all right, this is still fun. I got to spend money and get a real bike. And so uh, that was about four years ago, and been going strong since then. Got a, about five bikes now that I've gone through. So, so yeah, it's been a, a great hobby for me, helping me get uh, active and, and healthy once again. When we met, were you? I can't remember. Were you? You weren't biking a ton, right? You were still like, like occasionally doing it. Because like when we started biking together, we were doing it like a few times a week, which was pretty a lot. You know, it was a ton of riding. But like, yeah. Uh, well, did we? I can't remember if we met pre or post COVID. It was like right. I think it was right before COVID. Because started. COVID was the real catalyst for me that helped me really start riding a lot. Um, before COVID, I was working in the office five days a week, and so. I was lucky to get a ride in two days out of the week. Uh, once COVID happened, I was working remotely from home. That's when I really switched gears and was riding four or five days a week. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when I think when we met, I was right on the cusp of really getting into it. That's cool. What What were your main? Was it just a fitness aspect? Was your main driver? Is that still your main driver? Are you doing? It? Um, I've always been a, a pretty outdoorsy person. Um, love like hiking and camping and skiing and climbing and and uh, kind of lost touch with that in college just because it wasn't really the scene that I was around. And so I think more than anything, it's kind of like the adventure aspect, being out in nature, and then you get to get a great workout in, but you're also having a blast. So it's, it's kind of a win-win for me there. That's cool. Yeah, Trent and I bonded over uh... – one thing in particular around mountain biking too, which is the gear aspect. Um, Trent and I both like to nerd out, geek out, call ourselves the gear queers. Um, we uh, we definitely <clears throat> like to talk about that. Trent's a dangerous person to be around. The running joke in our group is if you talk to Trent, he's going to tell you eight things you need to do to your bike, and then you go home and start purchasing stuff. He's really good at that. Um, but the gear aspect is huge. What what do you what are you riding these days? So currently, I only have two bikes that I ride regularly. It's an Ibis Ripmo carbon version, um, and then an Ibis Ripley AF. So I guess a bit of an Ibis fanboy. It kind of happened by accident. Um, my dad had an Ibis. I rode his, liked it, and then now ended up having two Ibises. But since I got back into biking um, out of college, I've gone through... My Cannondale that I brought back out of retirement from middle school, got rid of that quickly, switched to a Felt, which they actually no longer make mountain bikes. I don't know if you know this. I didn't know that. They, uh, about two years ago, completely quit making mountain bikes and are focused solely on like road biking and like triathlon stuff. I think a little bit of gravel. But I had a, a Felt that I picked up. It's a new Felt, full suspension, my first full suspension um, from Amazon believe it or not, for half off. So it was a $3,000 bike. I got it for 1500 bucks. Had the dropper, had the uh, the front and rear suspension, and it was a two-by drivetrain that I converted to a one-by. And, man, I love that bike. I think that's the bike that, that you met me and I was riding. Yeah. And uh, I rode that for, like, two and a half years. And then I got kind of into the gear more, and I was like, all right, got to get a new bike, got to get a new bike. So... I ordered my Ripley AF, but that was during COVID, so it took like over a year to get there. In that meantime, I bought a used, another Ibis, HD4, uh, and rode that for a while, sold that to a friend, kept the Ripley AF, and then about a year and a half ago, picked up the uh, Ripmo carbon version. And knowing you, you have your eye on the next bike. I do, and I don't. I've I've really tried to talk myself out of buying new bikes. Um, and yes, I'll watch the YouTube reviews and look at the message boards and go on Reddit and look at all the stuff. But I've tried to convince myself now, especially that a new bike's not going to make me a better rider. I've gotten to the point where I don't think that 
the new equipment's going to make me better. It's, it's putting in the hours on the actual bike. That was different though, switching from like my old hardtail to that first full suspension and even that first full suspension to those Ibis bikes. It did make me better, but I'm at the point now, at least I like to tell myself, uh, for the sake of my bank account that I'm as good as I'll get from equipment. Yeah, no, I hear you. The cool part about it was we kind of progressed at the same time, not from like a like capabilities perspective, but like the types of trails we were doing. We started on the XC trails and then we started going to like more adventurous trails. And then I think the big tipping point I was thinking about when we were riding today was when we did that day at Pine. So we have this trail called Pine Mountain, which some people may not want us talking about, but whatever. It's uh, it's a legal trail loop. And Trent, I remember you doing it, and you were like, eh, it's okay, it's kind of, you know, short. You know, it's super steep, but it's not like anything special. It's like a three-mile loop. And I was like, no, there's people that go there and do crazy stuff. I see it on Strava, and we're like, all right, let's go back and check it out together. And that day we went, I really think that Dylan guy, mm-hmm. um, when we met up with him and he showed us all these trails that are really hard to find, uh, that were off of the, the main loop, like that opened our eyes. Like one, we were like walking half the time. Cause we we're like, how do people bike this Two, That guy was a ripper. And we just like, were opened up this whole like enduro kind of steep uh, downhill like scene. And then we, you know, started looking for all sorts of other trails like that. And then going to wind rock and all that. I mean, that was, wouldn't you say that was like the pivotal time? Cause I know that's what you love. It was a turning point for me. Um, I definitely had gotten a little burned out on like doing the local laps at Soap Creek, Big Creek, uh, really just all that local cross country stuff. Not to say that it's not fun because it is, but there's something to be said for feeling like maybe if you fell, things might really go wrong to give you a little adrenaline boost. And I, I desperately needed that at that time. I think that was probably what, three years ago yeah, or so, maybe not quite that long, but I was at a point where I was getting real burned out on just the the regular XC stuff. And yeah, I think that for us both, like opened us up to a whole new side of the sport that, that we probably both embrace a lot uh, and probably try to seek out more than the regular XC style of riding. Was that like your favorite type? Like if you could pick one type of trail to do, I guess what, what would be your favorite trails that you've done and what, like what type of riding do you like the most? So I think, Probably the the best riding I've done is up in Brevard and then out around like the Breckenridge, Summit County area. Um, and the reason I say that is because I really like the like adventure aspect of a ride. Like I love going to a bike park. It's fun. It's great camaraderie and like, you know, drink a beer on the, on the lift back up and, and hang out with buddies. But I really like the adventure aspect of like truly being in the backcountry and and uh, just kind of being self-supported and knowing that you're on this 30 mile, 40 mile, 50 mile loop, whatever it might be. And you're self-supporting with the gear you've got, the supplies you've got, the food, the water, whatever. Um, so I think for me, combining the adventure aspect with like that downhill gnar is kind of the epitome of the best ride for me. Um, and Brevard, obviously the trails like Bennett, and Avery and Black Mountain trails like that you get you get that aspects and same without like on the Colorado trail out in Summit County same thing it's not quite as gnarly as maybe over on the east coast but you get that like true adventure backcountry feel yeah that always amazed me like <clears throat> you were in this mode like it was probably like a year year and a half ago where we ran across another guy um, Doug, um, and he goes by, uh, what is like galactic bushwhack, which should be, which should probably be changed to galactic road whack because he doesn't (laughs) even ride mountain bikes anymore. He's all roadie, but the guy would do these epic backcountry rides and just insane amount. 60 milers. Yeah. Like crazy elevation all sorts of trails, just exploring trails that don't even exist or to the general public and just unbelievable adventures. And I was like, that's cool. And then I saw you doing them solo. 
And I was like, you're batshit crazy. Like you would do these like eight hour all day rides, crazy amount of elevation, probably didn't have service. And like, I don't know how you do that. Like I've done a couple with you and I want to die. But I also like, I'm like, if I didn't have people around me, I'd be freaked out. And you just, I don't, mentally, I don't know how you deal with that. Yeah. Well, I think you said it when you uh, started the podcast there. Like I'm, I'm not as social as you. I don't think most people are. But uh, <laughs> yeah, man, there's something to be said, at least for me to get out there by myself, you know, eight, nine hours on the bike, nobody around to talk to. It's, it's kind of like therapy. And I think you've talked about that a little bit before on this podcast, uh, being by myself, just, I can really get introspective on, on how I'm feeling. And man, after a nine hour day pedaling by myself, it's like a year of therapy coming out of there for free. And you never get freaked out or worried or like any of that stuff. Uh, I've had some close encounters with some bears up in like North Georgia and Tennessee when I'm alone, a little nerve wracking, but those encounters lasted all of 45 seconds. So other than that, you know, it's, I probably more scared walking around my neighborhood in Atlanta than I am <laughs> up in the mountains. So, so yeah, no, it's pretty peaceful up there for me at least. Yeah. Well, and you got great athletic endurance and all that stuff. So it's, uh, it's really cool to watch. And yeah, I, I love seeing those adventures. I've told people on this before, like Strava has become an addiction, but part of it is just to see what people do. I always think it's amazing, like where people go and the pictures they get. Oh, agreed. All, uh, all that stuff. Um, so the other thing is that you are currently between jobs and you're living the dream right now. And, uh, you're about to go on an epic road trip and we were talking about it. Um, you're trying to figure out where you're going to go. Yeah. So I'm still trying to iron that down, but I, I am between jobs, uh, kind of for as long as I want to be in between jobs at this point, I, I go out to Utah for a month in March. So I've got the rest of February to kind of explore around the Southeast. And yeah, I'm trying to figure out exactly where I want to go. So all you listeners, if you uh, have some great trails, you know, outside of your traditional Pisgah or Windrock or something like that, uh, let us know, DM me on Instagram and I'll, we'll pass along to Trent. And if you want to house them too, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm, I'm going to maybe this afternoon set up like the whole camper experience in the 400, put the seats down, get the camping, uh, camping mat in there and sleeping bag and some pillows and figure out how it's all going to work. Cause I actually have never really slept in the back of the car before, but now's the time to do it, I guess. Yeah, man. Free spirit. I love it. <laughs> I, I'm jealous of you in a lot of ways, uh, to live that lifestyle. Um, but, uh, do it while you can. The other big, news i'm gonna go ahead and call out because you know you've said this before and it hasn't worked out but now i'm saying it on a podcast so you're gonna to have to go follow through with it it's <laughs> moving out west yeah i think probably since i've i've met you before i've been saying every year i'm gonna move out west and yeah that has not come to fruition but uh this is the year where it seems like maybe the stars are aligning a little bit uh and it could be be the thing that actually happens for me i'm Got my eyes set on the Breckenridge Ridge area because I've got, at this point now, like seven or eight buddies from college that live in Breckenridge proper, which is crazy. Do they bike? None of them bike, so uh -oh. so it's gonna be uh, either me convincing them to get on the bike in the summer or finding some other buddies out there that do bike. Uh, they're all they, big in the snow sports. Oh, so they do outdoor activities though. Yep. Okay. But no bikers. And uh, what? Uh... So you're going to have to get involved with some clubs or something to meet some folks out there too, I guess. Yeah, I think they have, like, they've been telling me that there's some friends of friends that are big into the biking scene. So, like, not my immediately immediate friends from college, but uh, some of their buddies I think are into it. So, Do you have trails, like, already listed that you want to go do or that you like or whatever? Yeah, so Keystone has the best bike park out there, so they, so they say. Uh, I rode the Breckenridge bike park last summer and it, there was like four trails and they were nothing to write home about. Uh, so it's kind of disappointed there, but then the back country stuff around there, it's just unreal, man. It's, uh, like direct access to the Colorado trail. So 
huge like high alpine into forest into the aspen trees uh landscapes um i think when i was out there last summer i did three days of backcountry riding and i mean it's just it's a whole different ball game than out here in georgia and it's i wouldn't even say that the terrain is better it's just what you're looking at while you're riding is so much cooler yeah yeah I, I believe it i mean i've been out there a bunch i haven't biked out there much but i can totally attest to that i guess that's the other thing that it brings me to though is that you typically aren't seeking out like group rides or the social aspect i know you love your solo riding but like <clears throat> you did one race your first enduro race i know you've done cross country before but you did your first enduro race this past year and you freaking won it yeah well I won the beginner category, so it could could be accused of sandbagging there. But it, in my defense, it was my first my first race ever. Uh, the quick six. The quick six. Shout out to Big Creek. Yeah. How how, how was that experience? It was really cool, man. It was uh. It was quick, obviously, as they say, um, and I'd seen it the year before. You and I both were out there watching it. Um, so it's trails that we ride on a weekly basis almost. But it was really cool. It was a huge crowd. Uh, it's six stages total. There's Big Creek's kind of broken up into a free ride downhill area and like a cross country area. But they did a good job of mixing that up and making six pretty unique, fun stages. But it's it's not like your typical enduro race. So like each stage, I want to say for me was like thirty to thirty five seconds. So like super super fast. It was real fun. It was cool to win something as an adult. I haven't won an award since like high school or middle school, probably. So that was kind of a, an interesting experience there. Uh, yeah, man, I would do it again. You should definitely do it this year. Yeah. I think you'd have a good chance of, of placing on the podium. You're going to have to come back and watch. Yeah. I mean, it's if I'm out in Colorado, I would come back for it. I'd probably come back and race for it again. I guess I have to bump up to the intermediate category this year, but that's all right. So that's one thing that's interesting to me, though, is you don't do like you essentially I know you have a girlfriend, but you're living a pretty uh, free life and you love mountain biking. And you're pretty fast and like you haven't gotten to the racing like we have enduro races all over the place, like every weekend there's something going on. Like, does that not interest you or is it like? you don't want to take up your weekend or like what is what is what is the reason why because that's a whole scene in itself there's teams there's clubs there's like that's a whole social thing they tailgate they do all that it seems fun like to me if i was in your shoes i would be all over that circuit but like my weekends are stuck with kids which is fun (laughs) i mean it's a different type of fun i love it but like what what are your thoughts around all that yeah i um oh that's a good question i we raced in the same cross country race, uh, probably two years ago now. And it was fun. It was a lot of spandex weenies and kind of not really either of our scene that much. Um, I think we both did pretty well, but I definitely, after doing that cross country race, I was like, all right, cross country racing is not really for me. It's fine, but it's never gonna be something I'm super into. And you're right. The enduro scene, around the southeast is really good right now um with go nuts and i think a few others that sponsor races it's downhill southeast yeah the enduro southeast yeah Yeah, they hit like all the best spots i think jared's place just had one this past weekend possibly uh no i think it's in a couple weeks a couple weeks and yeah that's a good point and i think after doing that quick six at big creek and i went to like a an after party event with a couple of friends i knew who were pretty into the enduro race scene around here it's definitely something that i would be more interested in doing um and i might sign up for a couple this year the problem is it's just a lot of traveling typically i have other stuff going on on the weekends with like friends and girlfriend stuff and all all that sort of stuff um but no you're right i think it would be a, a great way to to break deeper into the cycling community around here and you get a chance to ride at some really cool spots that I still haven't had a chance to ride at yet. So I think that if I do stay in 
Georgia for 2023, and hopefully that's not the case, but you never know what's going to happen. And I think that hopefully you'll catch me at a few more of these enduro races. Yeah, man. I think it'd be good for you because I feel like uh, our group that we regularly ride with is um, kind of holding you back. Like you're always at the front of the pack and we are uh, <clears throat> not progressing to the level that you need to be at. And <laughs> the, the other guys that'll push you even harder. Cause I remember you went on this one ride with this group that does soap Creek like Tuesday nights, uh, bikes and barbecue. And you said they were just rippers. And it's like the first time you were like, wow, I've been with guys that are just next level. And you're used to being with us slow folks. Oh, well, not that you guys are slow because <laughs> you're not. But, yeah, there's there's always that next level. And it, it was interesting to kind of to witness that and be like, wow, I'm feeling very slow around these people. Um, but that's, that's another thing is, like, just progression in the sport and who you ride with does make a big difference. But I think I'd rather ride with people that I'm buddies with that aren't as fast than with guys who i don't know quite as well they're super fast but that's just me yeah yeah the the part that boggles my mind is like when you're we're doing like pine or <clears throat> Windrock or somewhere really gnarly uh even jared's place like you'll hit features that none of us will and you're like so controlled and honestly i was thinking about it, i don't i haven't seen you fall a lot or really hurt yourself for that matter I don't know how you stay in such control and like you just are so confident on doing all these first time because you're not getting towed in by any of us. You're not following anyone because none of us can do this stuff anyway. How do you deal with that? Yeah, uh, definitely knock on wood for not getting hurt. Uh, but yes, I've been lucky that that really, for the most part, in my mountain biking career as an adult, I have not taken too many hits or done anything too too uh too painful but yeah it is it is uh tough being the guinea pig for people with our crew especially uh, like being the first one to hit something but i don't know man it's uh it's kind of one of my faults but also one of my strengths is i probably ride a lot slower than i really could and i try and keep the speed down and stay in control more than going balls to the wall and i think in a lot of ways like that hurts me as far as just like overall speed goes but when it comes to hidden features for the first time when i know that i can ride in like a slower controlled way i can really visualize what it's going to be like to go off a feature or drop or whatever it might be and i think that's probably what what helps me the most is just i i feel like i probably always ride at like 75 percent and try not to push it much further than that and so far that's helped me and We've talked about this before, but I'd I'd rather ride at seventy five percent all the time than get a couple of runs in on a hundred and then hurt myself and be out for four weeks or four months or whatever it might be. So you just kind of mentally picture it and just stay in control and go at a slower speed and build confidence, kind of thing. Yeah, and I also think I just <coughs> I really know what I can and can't do, and there's still tons of stuff that is too big for me to hit and probably that I would never want to hit like there's a level of progression that I wouldn't really want to go past probably and I'm probably never going to go past it but but yeah it's just visualizing it it's knowing at least for me I can like look at a feature and I can know in my head I can do this or I cannot do this I don't know really how I know that I can or can't but it, it always seems to work out yeah like a gut feel like, yeah. like the big question is, are you going to hit the road gap at Big Creek before you go to Colorado? Oh, yeah. I uh, That's one of those features where I, I definitely think that I could. It would be nice to get towed in by someone. Um, but yes, I will. I'll go ahead and say that here that I'll, I'll hit that before before I move away. Oh, you heard it here, folks. That's Trent calling it out. Here we go. All right, so um, on on that aspect of you know racing and and riding and all that and just doing bigger stuff, like the progression, like how how does, how does that work in your mind, like going through all of that? Yeah, so I think 
progression wise is is really one of the reasons why I I felt so uh, drawn to sports, at least in my adult years, like biking, rock climbing, skiing is is that I can really see progression almost like a daily basis. Uh, obviously, it plateaus a bit as you get better and better, but it's really cool to look at Strava and say, you know, wow, I rode this trail at X speed six weeks ago, and now I'm this much faster. And that's kind of rare in the adult world, at least for me, I would say, is like, truly feeling like you're getting better and better at something and it's like a measurable thing so so yeah for me progression just happened naturally uh obviously you get out as much as you put in so the harder you push the more you're going to progress and i think that in a lot of ways i like going on solo rides more because if i go into a solo ride with the mindset of all right i'm gonna go nuts i'm gonna push as hard as i can then you get out of that ride and the next time you do it you're that much faster yeah well so on you do you've done all these rides you've done a ton of trails that i even haven't done and all over mainly in the southeast but i mean we can just look at like your top rides all over like what were your favorite rides you ever did uh days and on top of that like trails let's see so favorite trail of all time probably i feel like it's been said on this podcast before but it's just like a if like location's not a factor or like ease of of anything then probably somewhere from pisgah but as far as like proximity to my house ease to get to day trip I would have to say like the Mulberry Gap. Uh, so you got Bear Creek and Hody one, two, and three. That combines like a good thirty-five-ish mile ride, maybe six thousand feet of elevation. It's probably my favorite ride. What was your favorite in Pisgah? My favorite ride in Pisgah. So I've only done Black Mountain, Avery, and Bennett. Oh, okay. I went on three out in Pisgah, so hopefully I'll knock more off the list uh, on my road trip coming up here. But um, out of those three, I liked Bennett the most just because of how raw it was and gnarly some of those features were. It was a dusk ride for me, and I was solo when I hit it, so I did walk some of the uh, gnarlier features out there. So I'd love to go back either during the day or with some friends and actually be able to hit those. But I think that just like the pure like rawness of that trail was really cool. And what, so while on the topic of trail riding and we were talking about just crashes and how I'd never see you do it. What was your, what, have you had a bad crash? Like ever? <laughs> um, You've never broken a bone or done any serious thing where you go to the hospital, right? After mountain biking? No, I have not put myself in the hospital. Knock on wood there. I've not broken a bone. I think the gnarliest crash I've had, I was riding Windrock solo. This was actually when I was in between jobs last year, um, <laughs> believe it or not. So hopefully this doesn't repeat. But I was riding Windrock solo. Um, and I was on Talladega. So for those of you who know Windrock, kind of like their, in quotations, mellow flow trail with some like bigger jumps, but really compared to most of the riding out there, it's not that crazy. Um, I was riding down Talladega. It was the first run of the day, actually. Um, and I'd been riding for like over a week straight all around. So I was tired. And I was coming down Talladega and just cased a double and for whatever reason, just when my suspension hit, it launched me in the air. And so I ended up like basically doing half a front flip in the air, landing on my back on a pile of rocks. Air knocked out of me. I laid there for probably five minutes, like scared that my leg or my arm or something was broken and 
luckily like walked away with just a couple of scrapes but it was definitely the scariest crash just because i was going so fast and uh landed on my back which kind of have a bad back to begin with on a bunch of rocks and so that the next day i was at jared's place and bought my uh first fox chest and back protector but, but yeah i've gotten super lucky about walking away <coughs> from bad stuff um did anyone see you or were you like literally that whole time all by yourself I was completely alone. There was a guy that rolled up. Like, I had gotten myself up at this point. I was just like sitting on the side of the trail off the edge with my bike, just like laying back, like, holy fuck. He rolled up. He's like, are you good? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Other than that, no one saw it. And I was not filming or anything, which, which I, wish I, I wish I had been. But uh, yeah, it's probably the worst one ever. Dude, it's amazing. Like some of the stuff that we've seen you do, this is crazy. And I'll never forget, like, the worst one I witnessed was when you and I took our buddy Kyle out to Pine for the first time. Yeah. And he uh, destroyed himself on uh, hot sauce, went end over end, concussion, broke his brake lever off, banged up his whole body. Yeah, that was bad. I think that might have been one of his last mountain bike rides ever. So <laughs> <laughs> It's not for the faint of heart. No. It's we- funny you say that, too, because... I do hit some gnarlier stuff, but I will tell you, watching someone else hit something, even if I've already hit it, makes me nervous like you would not believe. Like when I see like Zach or someone else come through after I had hit something and he hits it too, man, I am puckered because I'm like, I do not want to watch somebody fall and get hurt. It's funny. I don't know why it makes me so nerve nerve wracked, but it really does. Yeah, it's it's like one of those things where like we talk about all the time. Like we wish more of our buddies would come do some of these gnarlier trails, but at the same time, we like have these second thoughts. Like, oh, if they come and do it and they get hurt, it's on us, you know? Yeah. So, um, what's your speaking of that? What's your charge to the the rest of our buddies that we ride with? You know, like you <laughs> you uh, you know we have the shade going back and forth where. We talk about the XC guys versus the Enduro bros, but, uh, you know, what, what, what do you, uh, hope they, if they, if they don't see you again, you move out West, like, what do they hope they take away from all this? Well, listen, I understand that I'm, I think the outlier in the group of the only guy who's not married and maybe the only guy that doesn't have kids, at least in your immediate group of buddies and. So I totally get that they can't get out and ride as much as I can and uh, trying to make the most of these years, right? But uh, yeah, man, I just encourage the guys that love the XC. That's how I was too. You got to gradually work your way up to it. So it's tough in Georgia because it's, at least from what I've seen, there's kind of two very distinct areas of riding. Like you can ride the kind of more urban XC stuff and then there's a big jump to like your pine mountain and your wind rock. But um, I'd encourage them to get out like Jared's place. I think that's a good a good starting point. But even some of those top trails might be a little bit much for some of them. But I mean, take it slow. It's you're not going to get hurt if you stay on the brakes. And, you know, it's a whole different type of riding that I think is is rewarding, but just in a different way because laying down a fast, super fast lap at Soap Creek is pretty sweet. So is making it down some crazy trail one rock. It's just kind of a different thing. Yeah. No, I hear you. So back on gear, cause we can't, we have to get back on the stuff that we love, which talking about the gear, what's your dream bike? I know you probably have thought about it from time to time. You've looked at a lot of different ones. Like if you had all the money and you were just like, <laughs> you know, take your pick, what are you going to do? That's a good one. So I really haven't had the chance to demo tons of bikes. Um, I think even in my life I've ridden Ibis, obviously, like Yeti, Santa Cruz, and Transition. I think that might be it. I really am stoked on my Ribmo, and I think you are on yours as well. Yeah. It's just... It's one of those bikes where you can take it almost anywhere. It's like a chameleon where it really adapts the trail you're on. And you can, I can ride it on the flattest stuff and still make good time and have fun. Or I can take it on the gnarly stuff and still have fun. So I think, honestly, 
maybe the new Ripmo, like in those new colors, I think they add like a different swing arm in the back. New Ripmo, maybe with a coil, make it a little gnarlier. Uh, I bumped my Ripmo fork up to 170, which was an awesome upgrade. I would recommend anyone that has a Ripmo to try it if they're riding gnarlier stuff. But I think maybe a new carbon Ripmo with just like the nicest components. I'd love to try like some wireless shifting, a wireless dropper. I think would be really cool. But I, I used to, I think I said this earlier, but I used to think, you know, new bike means better rider, but it's not the case. Yeah, no, I hear you. No, it's kind of funny. Like we talked to a lot of guys that try out a bunch of different bikes and a lot of them end up going back to Ripmo. So it's like a good validation of it's, it's just a good, uh, good bike. Would you ever, uh, especially <clears throat> moving out West and being near parks, you, can you see yourself getting a downhill bike? No, I don't think I'd ever buy a downhill bike. Um, just enduro bikes are so good nowadays, man. You just don't necessarily need one. I'm not good enough or fast enough to probably justify having a big downhill bike. I think that if, if I do move out west, I'll maybe move up to like a full-blown enduro, like 170, 170 type bike. But from what I've experienced in Colorado, and granted I've only ridden out there a handful of times, it's especially in the backcountry, it's not the gnarliest riding in the world. Like I, when I was out there last time, I was on a uh, pivot trail 429 and, you know, very comfortable like a Ripley. And that was more than enough bike for those, for those trails. Yeah, I'd go, I'd probably go full enduro out there. Keep, probably keep my Ripmo and my Ripley after just add a third bike to the stable. And plus one. That's right. You're a big believer in that, aren't you? Can't have too many bikes. And you forgot about it. You have a third bike. It's kind of a hand-me-down from your dad. Don't forget about that single speed. I do have the steel single speed with the broken wheels that is still rideable, <laughs> um, which is actually a really fun bike to take out on, on XC trails. Uh, the simplicity of a single speed and the hardtail, no dropper. Like, it's just mountain biking in its rawest form. So it is fun for a short ride, but, gosh, after – after an hour or two on that thing, you're ready to get back on your regular bike. Yeah, I can imagine. I haven't dabbled in that yet, but I imagine that's a hell of a workout. Um, all right. Well, I know the other thing we have in common is we love watching YouTube videos on mountain biking. What uh, What are your favorite channels these days? Well, I I was real. So back when I was in the office more, I had to kind of live vicariously through these mountain bike channels. And luckily, since I've been working remote and don't have a job now i'm able to kind of go do it myself so i watch less mountain bike youtubing than i used to but i think favorite channels single track sampler awesome probably i think probably the first mountain bike youtube channel i ever watched he's great seth obviously is very cool i wish that he still did like trail riding videos but i love his like you know at home shop stuff and then obviously the trail in his backyard is super cool as well PKXC, awesome, goes all over the world. I think he might be you or not his both favorite guy. He also rides a Ritmo, so that's cool. That's probably what convinced me to get a Ritmo in the first place, actually. And then uh, Semi Cindy, we've both met and rode with briefly. Uh, very cool guy, lives in the area, so he's kind of more of a local dude and has like great cinematography skills and really good on camera. Love that guy. I mean, there's so many. Uh, I don't know. I think have you talked about yours. No, but I agree with all yours. I think uh, I think all of those are the top of my list as well. Um, I'm trying to think who else outliers wise. I like to. I like Colorado Kid because he cracks me up, and Funny some guy. Of, a normal mountain biker. Some of those comedic ones. Um, I think those are ones and then i was telling on the last one that tommy t-rex win guy that oh, reckless yeah. riders he's just you're at some gnarly stuff well it's like watching friday fails like they always crash in every video and there's just crazy stuff they go so fast um those guys are just nuts um but yeah i i'm surfing around all the time just trying to find different channels oh nate hell do you ever watch that yeah. stuff he's an awesome rider west coast based but he is so skilled and remy also yep. very cool. Oh, Yoan. Yoan. I mean, there's yeah. so many. Yeah. I'm with you, though, on, like, some of these guys. They're getting into more of the shop talk because I think it's easier to film. 
and they don't have to deal with their buddies giving them crap about filming on rides and doing stuff over but like a lot of them are doing that and i think it's uh i wish they would go back to more like riding experiences um so if you guys are listening you know make uh make some changes go back to the riding go back to the core um speaking of listeners dude we have uh canada I think I was telling you. I think Mike Kasner from Pink Bike is starting to check us out. He may. Uh, Kaz is in uh, U.S. You're thinking Levy. Oh, Levy. Yeah, Mike Levy. That's sorry. I meant to say Mike Levy, bro. You know we're hiring. Um, <laughs> we pay in Sonic um, Burgers, which is not sitting so well right now. Hopefully, I didn't get food poisoning. Um, and uh, we'd love to have you on the podcast. Um, we have Pakistan, which is odd, maybe a robot. And then we have a bunch of United States. We're up to like 60 something listeners, which is that's awesome. really cool across, uh, Spotify and Apple. Um, so as we're wrapping this up, uh, what questions do you have for me? Anything at all? Anything burning, yearning? I mean, we talk all the time on the trail. We have great conversations. Is there anything you haven't learned about me or want to know or, um, Yes. Yeah. Any any big rides you've got coming up? I know you got a ski trip this weekend. It's exciting. Yeah, I got the the kids ski trip. Uh, not sure how much skiing is going to be involved, but we're going to go up to the Sugar Mountain Beach Mountain area. Hopefully, it's uh, decent snow. The Mulberry Gap trip uh, for the brethren is May. I'm going to try to do that. Um, like to do some more Jared's. They got those new trails opened up, and I got that punch pass, so I'd like to get in some there. I really would like to do a spring Windrock, like especially before you move, like one more time, just to give it another shot. Because I really enjoyed it when we went. Um, You've been there once or twice. Only once, yeah, and it was awesome. It was all day, I and mean, we went nonstop. And um, other big rides. I mean, we got the Pisgah one in the fall. Um, I mean, it's hard, man. I don't really have any huge ones just with kids and stuff. I really I really would like to explore more of the North Georgia, like Pine Log and uh, Ranger Trails. Yep. I want to see more of that, although it's tough when you don't know the routes, but maybe we can find some heat maps. Oh, I'd love to do the Huli Duro. So we have this, this kind of like underground group of, shredders in, in greater Atlanta area that do this urban ride all over and they made these crazy steep enduro trails between like sidewalk surfing around I think it's the Roswell Alpharetta area yeah that would be cool I mean that's like a 25 mile ride with like 4,000 feet of elevation looks pretty wild yeah that would be a lot of fun um so yeah i mean just trying more creative like local-ish type rides but just doing stuff different to explore new areas uh see new things um i think that would be like top of my list for sure um i really want to get out to bentonville at some point and then I i i may actually be going to park city this summer with family and try to uh, do some deer valley and park city park laps which would be cool um so i don't know that's what i got going on yeah so i guess another question for you too and this is something that i've always thought about is how how would you uh how would you rate the riding in georgia i think it's awesome like i let's see now that i think about it so i've ridden in north carolina uh alabama tennessee georgia wyoming which is a random outlier. And I think that's it. And honestly, Georgia, I like the loam, like the terrain. Like we get really good dirt. When it's good, it's really good. And I, you know, being in Alabama, it's just so dry and dusty and loose. Like I've really come to appreciate like, you know, what we have here. Um, It's, it's, really awesome i mean as far as like quality of dirt and just good trails like i mean i think uh, north carolina is the only one that you can beat outside of you know windrock being the outlier but like the pisgah stuff is amazing and dupont so i don't know i think it's I th- I'm, I'm really impressed and it's funny because i talked to some guys at other bike shops and they travel around and they're like look man we got it pretty good here and I think it's kind of underserved, actually. Like, a lot of these YouTubers, 
they typically go, you know, west, Bentonville, and then they'll do like some northeast parks, and then they'll come down through Pisgah and Tennessee, and they skip Georgia and go to Florida, and they ride like Florida trails. And I'm like, I tell them all, I'm like, guys, what you're doing it all wrong. Like, we got good stuff here. They all skip Georgia. It blows my mind. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. There's a lot of of hidden gems in Georgia, and I think there's a lot of untapped potential just going up in the mountains. There's so much land, and I would love to see, and I don't really know who would be the one that would spearhead this, but I would love to see an initiative to build more good mountain bike trails in those mountains because there's just so much potential out there. Yeah, for sure. And, like, it's – I fall in the trap of, especially when you talk about, like, sanctioned legal trails – in Georgia, yes, there's a ton of, of pretty good stuff around Atlanta, and we're we're lucky to have, gosh, probably ten if not more trail systems within fifty minutes of Atlanta proper. But uh, up in the mountains, like there's there's really not a ton of of famous stuff or well known stuff. You've got your your Bull and your Jake and your Mulberry Gap Penahody trails. Like, uh, you got, like, what, Doug and Snake Gap over kind of in, like, west, northwest Georgia. but Stanley Gap. And Stanley. But, like, there's just a lot of potential to build more out there. So I hope that, that someone spearheads that because we could have. Because it's not us. It's not us. <laughs> it's not us. No, it's not. But there could be 300-plus miles more of, of sanctioned, really good mountain trails up there. Oh, I agree. I agree. So that's the charge, folks. Go out and build us some more trails, and we will uh, generously donate some dollar-dollar bills. Um, well, we got to wrap this up because i got to get home for Valentine's Day, get some flowers for the wifey. Uh, now you got to figure out something for your girlfriend. Yep, yep. Um, and uh, this has been fun, man. I'm glad you came on, um, and we'll have to do it again. Yeah, for absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. And uh, so for all of you out there, make sure you go out and search for your ultimate Narvana. And we'll see you next week. And I can't wait to share with you who that guest will be. So uh, this is uh, the Narnomi signing out. Peace.